0: Welcome to Short Shorts, a relatable running podcast for our global run community. Every episode, we'll bring you a collection of short interviews, stories, and reflections from the world of running, from coast to coast and across the globe. I am your host, Ryan Chillebeck, and this is Short Shorts, presented by Canada Running Series. Oh, hello there, um, running fans. This is Ryan Chilibeck. This is episode number four of Short Shorts. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Hope everyone's well, uh, getting out and enjoying some of the nice weather we're having out there and getting some some miles in. Nothing really from the world of running as well. There's been a few uh, test races that have gone off around the world. I think there was one in Norway. And uh, there's been hints that track and field training might return at some point in time. So that's exciting. Global Running Day is coming up very soon and we're pretty excited to announce that. Um, Lots of the races across Canada will be working together to put on a free event for people across the country to move with us on June 3rd. Um, This is is gonna be pretty special. Um, There's gonna be two parts to this. So not only we're gonna be encouraging people to get out for Global Running Day, second part would be we're gonna be uh, moving in support of um, Canada mental health um, initiatives, so we've teamed up with them um, to raise some money and support them through this time. um as we know, a lot of uh, people with uh, mental health issues have uh, turned to running to help that. It's just a natural fit. Um, it always seems to come up in conversation in the running world is how you got into the sport and why you continue to do it and there's a lot of us out there that uh, use running as a way to keep us balanced in life. So I thought that was a great fit. Um, The third part would be we're also going to be having every province and territory chime in with a little Facebook live event of their own, just to showcase the uh, running community across their, their area of the country, which is going to, I think be amazing. We've seen this come together on the planning phase really quickly. And it's just amazing to see how many people are interested in telling their story and, um wanting to showcase their communities across the country. I know I'm pretty excited to work with the British columbia team to to show everyone what's happening out here and and get the story from from different sides of of our huge running community across the province. So look forward to that soon. Um, today's show is pretty fun. It uh, starts off with uh, with a quick chat with Sarah anglis. Um, then I get to talk to the good people at. A company, or I guess an organization called Work. Um, They are focused on helping families in Haiti um, through the sport of running. Um, Well, they do a lot of initiatives, but one of the ways they help is through a uh, run across Haiti every year. It's been going on for about seven years now, and they run from tip to tip and and raise money for those living um, in poverty there and help them um, come back with, you know, providing dignified work for them. Um, And then I finished the show off with a a chat with Dylan I'm sure you've heard him on pretty much every podcast out there during this time. So we talk to him, hopefully we provide a different insight into the the normal elite uh, angle that he is usually talking about. So anyways, talking about Sarah Inglis, um, I met her back in um, 2018 when I went down to the Barbados um, marathon weekend there. Um, she's pretty funny. Uh, she's from Scotland originally, as you'll hear. Um, but came over to Canada in 2013 to run for Trinity Western University out here in in the West Coast. She's now a phys ed teacher, um, so also there's that angle of her going back to work here on June 1st and just how she's preparing for it. Um, she's also a member of the Langley Mustangs endurance group, which is coached by Mark Bamba, um, who is also her coach at Trinity Western. And last year she ran the fastest 5K ever on Canadian soil at the St. Paddy's Day. 5k race so she's got range she's a great track athlete um, focusing on the 10,000 meter for the olympics Um, she also runs a lot of cross country and road distances from you know 5k up to half marathons quite quickly and her goal was as i mentioned to go to the olympics and represent the uk at the 2020 tokyo games but uh, put that on hold for another year so we touch on that and she's just funny and she giggles a lot and she makes me laugh. Um, full disclosure, we jumped like right into a conversation. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, you'll probably know what we're talking about, but she, um, during like weeks two to six of this lockdown, her and her, um, partner were going a little bit stir crazy and they started playing games and betting each other and the losers had to do something ridiculous. So, uh, we do talk about, uh, her having to shave her, her eyebrow and, um, then she turned around and got to Shavron's head because he lost the a game. So anyways, she refers to my Tashi, which is my mustache, which is what I'm sporting right now. And um, But overall, it was a, a funny chat. And let's have her take it away. Thanks. Hello. There we go. I'm
1: on EJ circuit. Hi. How are you?
0: Good. I was getting nice. worried.
1: Gosh. Holy, shit, see yeah, how your Tash was his best. You like that? Yeah, wow, it was epic.
0: I have a few big meetings today, so I just figured I'd go for it.
1: Oh, you just done it for the meetings?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's oh man, I should have been in on that.
0: Yeah.
1: I could have shaved an eyebrow or something. I don't yeah.
0: know. Yeah. What happened there?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you guys it, seem to have cooled it down a bit.
1: Yeah, we have. Well, actually, Rome was away for two weeks in Kamloops, oh. so he's not been here, so I've been like, playing cards with myself It's been a bit bit lonely actually
0: so (laughs) he's gone
1: well he's just got back actually last night so
0: you're just waiting at the door with the razors like
1: yeah I'm like we're back I've got the deck of cards in one hand razor in the other like
0: (laughs) so good so what I don't know it was like I think everyone was going a little crazy from like weeks two to six there but you guys were just playing games and then really, like, he didn't shave your eyebrow for real, did he?
1: Yeah, no, I, he shaved a line in the eyebrow. It's, it's going back now, but he put, like, one line right through it. I was, like, jumping about when he was doing it. I was, like, and then I was only in the video. I was, like, I could have lost my whole eyebrow there. Like, it was a yeah. so close call. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh.
1: But we, we've reined it in a little bit. Things are kind of getting back to normal, eh? So, yeah. so slow.
0: Uh, maybe get him to grow one of these.
1: No, a long kind of girl moustache. Really? Nah.
0: He's got the dark hair though. I figured it would like come in very thick.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> he has like thick hair, but he just kind of grow it in his face.
0: Oh gosh.
1: You, you're, you're like envious. He'd be envious of you right now. So Yeah. And I think was, just
0: came back in six weeks. It was so big. So last night I'm just like, get it off. And then I figured I just have one day of fun with it. And then it's gone. <laughs> yeah.
1: Your wife probably like, what the hell is yeah, she? Yeah.
0: I came out of the bathroom last night and she's like, nope. Like, just give me 24 hours, please. Just 24. So, my kids, yeah, the kids didn't even notice this morning. Like, got up, made them breakfast. I'm, like, sitting at the dinner table with them. Not one word. I'm just like, did you guys notice anything different? They're like, no. Okay, great.
1: Wow, but they didn't even notice. No. That's what doing. Didn't Man, you're from veggies are hilarious your ghettos. I love it. Yeah,
0: they're, they're, so they're funny. handful. Yeah, I don't think we're going to send them back to school. Yeah, not. <clears throat> no it's, it's too fun having them here
1: yeah. <laughs> you've been sarcastic no no
0: they've been great oh, I'm,
1: I'm really enjoying it
0: <clears throat> yeah
1: that's great yeah i don't, I don't think well the schools are meant to go back june 1st i'll be back to work but the um i think only i don't know, like right now seeing the numbers like 20 percent are sending it like not many our no. class of 20 maybe four or five are saying yes no, that's not bad so i'll have like small class sizes it would be pretty chill I'll have yeah. them outside, though, so I'll be, like, yeah. in the field. Like, I'm not going to be having them breathe on me in the classroom. Yeah. I'll be like, let's go outside, let the wind... <laughs> like, yeah, run move.
0: some laps.
1: Yeah, <laughs> don't come near me. It's going to be such yeah. like 10 feet.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that, like, out of all the teachers I know, you probably have the best setup there. Mm-hmm. So, I know, yeah. have you, like, has it been pretty stressful for some of the other teachers you know?
1: Oh, yeah, they've been, like... So like I don't know, t- teachers in general, especially elementary, are like quite type A, so like they're only like stressed to the max. When I'm like having fun making YouTube videos and like sending stuff out, so like mine has been pretty chill compared yeah. to like yeah. yeah I was were, wondering
0: if you were having to like actually teach. Like we haven't been given much direction for physical education just because that's well, kindergarten and grade one. Um yeah, anyways, thanks for for jumping on.
1: Well, you've been but, busy, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah, well yeah, like i busier than than usual it's just different we have to talk about spring runoff obviously because
1: mm-hmm. you're the
0: defending champion there and you're signed up yeah you're signed up to do the virtual race
1: mm-hmm. are you gonna
0: when are you gonna do it
1: when i'm gonna do it um so we're planning a few time trials like on the track and the Towards the end, uh, end of June, because we've got, I've got like five weeks now. So maybe within the next couple weeks, either not this weekend, but probably next. I think next weekend I'm going to go for it. Do like the eight k, and then then we'll head on the track. So it's kind of like coming down in distance a little bit.
0: Okay, so you signed up for both of them?
1: Um, no, just just the eight k. Okay. Yeah, I'll do the eight k, and then uh, because we're going to go back on the track to do some like fifteen hundreds and five k's and stuff later on. But I think next week I'll get a good. uh, a good chance to go. But I'm trying to find a route that I can like do flat and then have the last little bit of a, as a hill.
0: Oh, like mimic the actual race.
1: And of course, yeah. So I know that Tristan said he was doing that. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to try and do that now. Otherwise, I could just bat out a fast eight k. But I'm, I'm I'm chatting with Tash. We might try and coordinate so we can um do it together. So oh, nice. or something like that.
0: Is there like a, a spot out in Langley that's super fast? Mm-hmm. I keep seeing everyone using this one stretch of road well,
1: well we we did it first and then I think people must have seen Strava I and mean, then just like but it's pure like this road is like flat and like we did out and back for the 5k yeah. and like I ran sub 16 on it and like just we just went and ran it so yeah. like to us there's, it's pure flat and if it's nice no wind or anything like that and it's kind of blocked and there's a, big, yeah. it is a path there's bike lane and like it's just really wide so even if cars are coming it's a super wide road but I've seen that BC Endurance were out there yeah like you've done the 10k and 5 five and 10k time trial so oh, you'll need to come out and see so get. that's what yeah. you could hear what your route
0: I think it's close enough to me I don't know last night I went and did the 5k but I started on the top of a hill and just ran it straight downhill
1: did you what did I you do the
0: opposite oh I, I went sub 20 which was good for me um but I was like it was all downhill, basically. It was, it was a good route, but it hurt my legs quite a lot. It's like the yeah, it was the opposite of the kill the hill. It was like yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you call that. Roll down the hill. Yeah, I don't
0: know. It felt like well, my legs feeling it today for sure. um So you said you might go in a couple of weeks and, and try it out. What's the what do you do in the time trials for? Is it just for see where your fitness
1: is? I like? thought once they have like a season, so we're gonna get like that same cycle of like we put the like. Kind of transition on your track, have that like, you know, that go, like getting the body used to running fast and then going back into base again. But mm-hmm. we, we were thinking about the marathon later on. So, and we still might, we still might just like do these track raises and then go back into base again and like do like a cycle for a marathon, even though there might not be a marathon at the end of it. But just yes. to kind of, because Mark's never coached them or the marathon. So I think it would be more like a trial and error, see what works and then so we'll go through some kind of build for a marathon and if it happened like if there's a race there then we'll we'll go for it and then if not we'll just time track I think he said he said something about another a time trial like a 20 mile time trial I was like oh no. like if ah, like yeah. I don't want to do that I'd rather just do a race that's that. a that's
0: a quick way to get your coach fired hey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. it's been
0: nice knowing you good
1: thing. yeah I'm like yeah 20 minutes see you later no so that's the plan we'll uh, do a little bit of track and then. Does nice. Mark
0: coach the whole Langley Mustangs team? Hmm. Okay.
1: So I don't know if you've seen it. in The first half, the results that the guys did pretty well. Like they're. Yeah. I was like, watching,
0: yeah, because the, they're they have a pretty distinctive uniform. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it was just like who are these guys? Like, yeah. Just, I thought it was yeah. the tin minute. So intense.
1: Like, Dan had to cut a bit of like that after the race as well. It's like, it's fine when you're running, but see, yeah. when you're a road race, you're wearing a speed suit and then you finish. Yeah. Like, you need to get that thing off. Yeah. Like, you just
0: don't hang around in a speed suit.
1: No. It's not It's not like waiting <laughs> on your men. Can you sit out
0: Yeah. You gotta have someone with like a towel there at the finish line or like your robe.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit.
0: Yeah. I, don't <laughs> know what I was going to say. Oh yeah, so you're you're going to do the 8k? You said you might do it with Tash. There, have you been eyeing up what other elites are signed up so far?
1: I haven't actually looked. No, I've not seen. Maybe you could uh, you could tell me to get me more motivated. Pump me.
0: I, up. I could for sure. I, I haven't looked at the the list yet. Um, seems like everyone's kind of maybe waiting to see what other people are doing.
1: I know. But I don't the, know if I've got to the leaderboard either. So no, I'll do don't. that. before so i think everybody really, really waiting maybe waiting for like the last week in there yeah. cut off time and then we just come out and like bam it
0: but the thing with these is that you can upload more than one so if you go out and you that's lose it it's true. like a, a strava segment or whatever <clears throat> you have you can go hit back so
1: okay maybe that's true maybe maybe i'll do, if I do it in two weeks and i can guide my time, see if anybody tries to beat me and then I,
0: can... I think that's what way it's going to go Is like <clears throat> everyone's going to try to get a good time locked in and then just sit back and then on that last day, it's just going to be carnage out there just everyone going for it That
1: would be hilarious like yeah. day, just, it's like deadline day at the soccer where you just have to transfer window Everybody just waits and then goes yeah.
0: yeah, you just wait till like 10 o'clock at night, see where you're stacked <laughs> up and then go out
1: It'll be the influx of these late night runs
0: Yeah, do you think that the I don't know I was, I was gonna ask you if you thought that that was like good etiquette if you could like from an elite side if you just keep like hammering them and trying to like take someone out if that's like okay I don't know yeah. we don't know what's right and wrong in this in this virtual world so we're just like
1: yeah I say it's fair game that's like Stephen we, we've been all our whole group have basically been on Strava so we've just had this constant like battle like similar to what the virtual racing's like but like on Strava like we've all and so it's savage we just like steal people's <laughs> segments.
0: Yeah. And then you know? wait
1: for somebody to come back and try and get it again. So it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, that's the worst. Getting that email though, hey? Like, oh. Who was it? Who went out? <clears throat> Do you have like a? Is there a background on how the the Langley Mustangs formed, or is it was it just like an organic thing? Do you know,
1: the, um, it was kind of organic because Mark had left Trinity Western University, okay. and then he got in touch with Andrew Linton, who he's kind of like the who oversees the Mustangs. But it's generally seen as like a junior club, so when Mark, Andrew messaged Mark saying they were wanting to try and create create like a post-collegiate group because it's kind of like they have from nine, ten years up and then they all go to university and then when the kids come back for university there's nowhere for them to train and they kind of basically stop so he's like had this idea of creating like a post-collegiate group so we were, we were keen for that and then we got a little bit of funding through the club for Mark and then the group kind of formed from there so, so it's exciting with every year we've kind of gained another couple of people who graduate and it's nice to see people still continue to run
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it seems to be here like in North America as soon as you graduate there's like you just stop running so yeah. it kind of bridges that gap between you know after college and then still try to pursue some kind of like semi-professional group because most of the group work part-time so there's teachers there's engineers uh, and we kind of like work around like a schedule. but most of the, Mostly, as a, we'll start practices season like later in the afternoon, um, mm-hmm. so people can get back from work and still train. So it's a nice balance. It's nice. It's, it's fun, but we get like a, we're kind of serious and getting the training yeah. done at the same time.
0: Yeah, I didn't know <clears throat> what to make of it when I first saw it, and then I guess have like a super talented group out there, which is great. Is most people live in the Langley area, or is there?
1: Um, actually, most like Vancouver as well. So like Wigan and Adam are in Vancouver. Alicia mm-hmm. is in Burnaby. Lindsay's Burnaby. And then, like, there's a bunch of guys because most of the guys have graduated from Trinity and they're still based in Langley, so a lot of the boys live around here. So okay. um, it's a mixed bag, really. But we sometimes meet at, like Burnaby Lake or Burnaby Central, so we kind of coordinate, you know. But Mark lives out here, so and <coughs> he's got kids and that. So most of the training involved is based here.
0: Yeah, I guess for anyone that doesn't know who Mark is, is what's his background? He said from he comes from Trinity Western.
1: Yeah, he was a coach at Trinity Western for god that must me like six or seven years and then he left there he's a teacher as well so he also has a like a full-time job yeah uh, and a family so he's a busy guy I don't know how he manages to do like everything <clears throat> but yeah he's uh, he ran himself back in the day he had a few Canadian singlets and then he kind of he, he said he never really chose coaching he got opportunity for this job and then it's kind of just developed from there
0: yeah did you do you think that there'll ever be like a Langley Mustangs like junior club?
1: like uh, in terms of well
0: I don't like, know like the Coquitlam Cheetahs or you know like you see all these teams that roll into the um, cross-country races and they have like a you know pretty big range of athletes there of, like, well like, they,
1: they do have a big like, they have like a, a Mustangs like little ones so they have like coaching for under 10s and then well, they do
0: okay so I got a few few years before I can throw Poppy into the super yeah, competitive running okay.
1: yeah get her <laughs> to the Mustangs is where it's at <laughs> I don't
0: know if there's a local club here. I don't think there is. I think Coquitlan's probably the closest one. But...
1: The cheetahs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the cheetahs. Mustangs or so the cheetahs? The
1: mustangs, the cheetahs.
0: That's tough, that's
1: a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it based on the yeah. animal?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think she'd be like, a, she wouldn't be on like the robots or something. I don't know what her favorite animal is. I know she likes horses or like unicorns. Is there a unicorn team? <laughs>
1: Do you, know, do you know the unicorn is the national animal of scotland really yeah i learned that in one of our quizzes that we did um or one of the many quizzes we've been doing wow i, I never actually knew that but there you go holy
0: really? well that gives me something to teach her this afternoon perfect
1: yeah look <laughs> at that
0: that's the lesson for going to scotland
1: <laughs> yeah um, that's history
0: so i guess we're talking about scotland are you like were you planning to go to the olympics or was that kind of a goal there
1: and then this year, well, I was trying to get the qualifying standard for the yeah. 10K. So we planned to go to Peyton Jordan. I think it was like two weeks ago now it would have been um, to go for standard. Mm-hmm. So things had been going well. Like leading into St. Patrick's Day 5K, we had some really good workouts and I was getting mm-hmm. excited because I was way ahead of what I was what I ran last year. And last year I, I did that 32-11 10K, but I feel like I was capable of going under that because that was more a tactical race when I yeah. – I ran that at the, Tech, the Canadian 10K Championship. So that was
0: the Pacific Distance Carnival, right?
1: It Was I? That was so,
0: so good.
1: Came down the last 200. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was one of my favorite races to watch last year. I was I was like very excited about that race. It's good. Yeah, yeah you well, guys
1: the watch, no. I had to feel. The bongo drums. That was a yeah. good atmosphere. It was fun. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, that was that was the plan. But 3125, because like, the standard for Olympics used to be 3215. Yeah. I was like. You know and I'm 30 to 11 last year, so any other Olympic year that would have been good enough, but then this year they cut it down to like 31 25, which is a huge jump. You're talking like 15 seconds quicker than the Canadian record, so yeah, I don't know, but it would have been a long shot, but I've, I've been fun to see. But at least now yeah. I have another year to train yeah. for it,
0: and the 10,000's fully focused. There is you kind of mentioned maybe the marathon, standard, marathon. like yeah. marathon, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. if I could get like a December marathon. Yeah. I know there's one, like, in Valencia, and there's one in Japan as well, but... Um,
0: was there anything else going on? I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but...
1: Uh, not, honestly, no. I've just been, I'll have up my mileage a little bit just because I've got more time to... For mm-hmm. all well, the first time I've been, like, full-time athlete, and, like, you know, usually I'm, like, working two or three days a week, so...
0: Yes. I've exactly.
1: added, like, more in.
0: So everyone's mm-hmm. ready to race, but they're just, there's nothing to do.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. that's I'm, like, I'm fit, like, coming up. The... After doing, like, I was there's only like, Maybe like six or seven weeks, like 100 mile weeks. Yeah. And then now I'm just like, we're kind of like going on the track, and I'm like, wow, I feel good. So I'm like, oh, I wish we could just have something yeah. to do. So we'll see. All
0: right. Well, I think that's good. Um, I just okay. wanted to see how it was going for spring runoff, seeing if you're ready to defend the title.
1: Ready to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Really as long as I think, if I, especially if Tasha's there, it'll give me a bit more of a competitive yeah. edge. All
0: right. Well, yeah. Thanks for taking the time. And I'll, you're
1: uh, welcome. All right.
0: Yeah we'll talk soon hopefully we can see you in person at some point
1: right we'll be in touch
0: yeah sounds good Sarah. thanks for chatting
1: okay cheers
0: okay bye oh man is there anyone better than sarah inglis to talk to i don't think so um luckily she was just having coffee and uh you should try to hear her after she has a couple of rum punches it's pretty much impossible to understand her but um always fun to talk with her she's uh just such a great ambassador for our sport. If you have a chance to go out and watch her race, definitely do it. I briefly touched on the Pacific Distance Carnival race in there from last year, and to watch her, Natasha Wodak, and Rachel Cliff go head-to-head-to-head at a 10,000-meter event at night under the lights, and with, you know, uh, taiko drummers, and. Um, explosions going off. it really was a special experience, and I thank everyone over at uh, BC Athletics and Mountain Marathon for bringing us that event and hopefully we can bring it back again at some point in the future. Switching gears seems to be my favorite saying, but we must switch over to talk to someone I met through a contact at CLE Hats, uh, my friend Dan. And uh, it got connected with the fine folk at work. They are a a charitable organization that uh, focuses on um, helping impoverished families down in Haiti. Uh, Part of their mission and vision is a a race, a a run across Haiti from tip to tip uh, to raise money. And during this time, they weren't able to do the actual run down in Haiti, obviously, for various reasons, COVID-related. So they switched to a virtual option where they were going to move across in May. And well, when this podcast goes out, we'll probably only have a couple of days left in May anyway. So it's probably terrible timing on my behalf. I'm sorry about that. But something that you should keep on your radar for future years because they're doing amazing work down there. But I'm, after talking with her, I was just very blown away with, with what they're doing and just uh, you know, checking out their Instagram and um, all the videos that they are sharing the content. It's, it's really cool. Anyways, I'll send it over to Vivian now. She's based out of LA. Hopefully you enjoy this chat as much as I did. She's a great person. Hello. Hello.
2: Hi. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. There's, uh, there's some construction taking place outside our uh, building right now. So I'm sitting in a bathroom with that uh, two sound panels in okay. front of me behind me i was <laughs> like, gonna
0: ask you i'm like are you in the bathroom <laughs> oh, yeah. this is a first for me <laughs> Your you sound perfect it's good great yeah.
2: <laughs> well thanks for having me
0: yeah no worries thanks but, for coming on
2: yeah yeah
0: and where, where are you based out of
2: i'm based in los angeles okay Yeah, so Christina's based in Pittsburgh, um, where I used to live and where uh, we started the organization, um, alongside, you know, the work in Haiti, obviously.
0: So let's, maybe we'll backtrack, um, just let you introduce yourself and, and what work is.
2: Yeah, hi. Um, I'm Vivian Luke. I'm the Executive Director at WORK. Um, Our organization's mission is to accompany families in Haiti out of poverty through good dignified jobs. Um, So we focus uh, all of our efforts around a wraparound service model um, where we accompany whole families with access to medical care, education, job training, and placement. Um, And we work in one community in Haiti that also encompasses The largest open landfill in the country. Um, So, alongside that, we work with a waste collectors uh, network all across the country, um, about 1,400 strong, uh, alongside uh, the community Menelas that we work in.
0: Wow. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I guess just this being part of a running podcast, how does running play into what work does?
2: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, well, six now, uh, we started what's called the Run Across Haiti. Um, Since the very beginning of our work, it was very grassroots, and um, myself and our founder would uh, would travel to Haiti about once a month and take guests with us each time. Um, You know, we thought the best way for people to to see our work is to actually see it in person and just work alongside us. Um, And... You know, through that process, we discovered the, the so many parts of Haiti that's just beautiful, that is just really great for running um, and discovering and exploring. And um, uh, in 2014, one of our friends called us and said, hey, I'm running um, an ultra marathon and, and I get to fundraise for an organization um, can I fundraise for you guys? And, uh, our founder at the time threw his hat and said, you know, if I ran with you, maybe we can double the race. Um, it was a 155 mile self-supported race. They both ran it and completed it. And we were able to raise about $55,000 at the end of that. Right. Um, and you know, that immediately, um, became a number of emails and requests and, and calls from our friends saying, you know, I want to do this with you next time. Um, and by the way, like, why aren't you why are you doing this in Jordan, which was where the race was? Um, we we're like, good, good question, and you know, maybe we should try to map this out in Haiti and see if we can make this happen. Um, so we Google-mapped a route uh, and invited a couple of friends and uh, our. Uh, our loved ones, our parents to join us on the crew. And about a month before we left uh, for the run, we drove it to make sure the route is there. Um, and uh, it ended up being a 200 mile route uh, from the Northern tip of Haiti to the Southern end um, on the main highway uh, in the country. And so in 2015, we launched the run across Haiti uh, as a way for us to showcase uh, what a beautiful country it is. And we f- Felt that, you know, seeing it on foot, it's a very different perspective than seeing it from the back of a pickup truck Mm -hmm. uh, as you're driving along it and gives people a real nice perspective of the culture, the region, the the beautiful terrain that's everywhere um, all over the country and uh, a sense of just understanding of um, maybe a little bit of the history and the culture, hopefully, at the end of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But more importantly, we just want people to build their own perspective of the country instead of just reading about all of the negative news on Haiti um, that have been shared in, across the media. Now
0: that, what was the first year that you did the, the course in Haiti? Was that 2015? Yeah. Okay. So this, um, how, how was that year? What, how many people were involved? Like.
2: Yeah, Uh, there were seven runners that year and uh, I want to say about 17 people traveling together, including our crew. Our founder's dad and his now wife, uh, my partner, joined us on the crew to drive and and help us get through it. We had a two-person film crew joining us to document it. Uh, we had a guy on, uh, like a Brompton, little Brompton bike, uh, biking across Haiti with us. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was just discovering the country, um, on foot one bit at a time and, uh, learning about what it takes to really support runners through this kind of a journey. Um, you know, uh, our founder and I both ran it as well. So we were both experiencing it at the same time. Um, and it was, uh. It was just a really cool journey. You know, I think what we realized um, during the process that this is such a, a team sport. Um, that it's, you know, the, the crux of this, what, what we gained from it, it was this community of people who've experienced it this, to, this together. Um, that, you know, when we return, it was difficult to talk about the experience um, to those who haven't experienced it, um, because there's just so much going on um, and so focused all at the same time. Uh, during that journey, and uh, just the little things of you know, the the little um, nooks and crannies of, of Haiti that you pass by that you know maybe nobody else would have seen um, because they would dro- they drove past it or they haven't noticed it because they they weren't running and you know trying to be occupied at the same time uh, thinking about you know another hundred miles ahead um, you know so it it was it was a lot of fun and you know we thought that there's really something here. In uh, by way of um, uh, that we didn't actually have to explain why Haiti so beautiful and why Haiti so worthwhile mm-hmm. um, that it was that the country explained it for for those who were traveling across it
0: obviously over the next year you turn that into an ongoing event um, like, how did that evolve what, what does it look like now
2: um, just- yeah in the beginning um we uh we just encourage everybody to join us you know uh we're basically like we're amateur runners ourselves but we did it so anybody can really do it and train for it um you know we uh anybody who ran remotely a 5k a 10k in the past we would encourage them to join us <laughs> we try to recruit everybody to join us to run across haiti and uh and today we we have it's it's, it's a 40 slot, um, uh, a team, um, because there 's only so much capacity on the ground to uh, for, for the for the group, and we wanted it to be uh, to still keep that authentic experience and, and a big part of it is having an intimate setting and group of people who can who can get to know each other during the journey. Um, so it's a team of 40 now um, each year. And uh, you know, the first few years it was tough to crew because there was such a range of runners. Mm-hmm. Um, and now um, it's actually a lot easier to crew because everyone's just such an amazing runner. Uh, amazing, amazing athletes um, who have trained really hard to to join us to uh, on, on this journey. Um, and it's, it's just cool to see the athleticism that's displayed, the heart, um, the fact that no matter, um, what year it is, it's, you know, the kinds of runners that come to something like this are the kinds of runners who are in it to experience it fully with each other, um, and not just, um, uh, on, on their own.
0: And so is it, um, maybe... Is it more of a relay race? Is that how it is or a relay or is everyone in the full distance?
2: Yeah. So about 90% of the team runs the full distance.
0: And do you find that um, a lot of the same people will come year over year or is it a completely unique experience every single year?
2: Yeah, we've had a lot of returnees and um, those who have returned uh, have Really become the glue to keeping, you know, kind of the next group and welcoming, welcoming them into the fold and really help showcasing and showing them the, the ropes um, on the run. Um, everywhere from, uh, from knowing how to train for it to knowing how to fundraise for it, uh, knowing what to prepare for and, and expectations and just getting them through from the start line to the finish line. Um, so, this year, out of the 40, uh, we have about, I think, 12 or so who are returnees. Um, we've been working specifically with a run club in, um, kind of in the middle of the route. It's called a little town called Akahei, um, where, uh, about 20 to 40 runners join together every morning to run somewhere between like four to 10 miles or so. Um, and they're just amazing athletes. Um, and, uh, we've had a couple of slots for, for that team each year. Um, and it's really cool. You know, they, um, they bring in a whole new aspect Um, to this run in that they they most of them haven't actually seen the country themselves either Um, so they're seeing they're experiencing their own country in a whole different way Um, but alongside the rest of the team who's experiencing it for the first time as well
0: what changes have you made to keep on the tradition in this virtual world or like how I noticed that there's there's kind of different things that you're doing so maybe you could give us a rundown on that
2: Yeah, so uh, we had to cancel the run across Haiti due to COVID-19 and this is the first time we've had to cancel the run. Uh, The country right now, the borders are are closed at the moment and um, the infrastructure uh, for Um, responding to COVID is is rather poor. Um, So we're focusing a lot of our, majority of our efforts right now in uh, COVID-19 response for the families that we serve. And we felt that this is just, you know, obviously not the right time to bring a crew down there um, to travel across the country. But when we're trying to, get everybody to shelter at home and support their efforts to do that. Um, But we have uh, turned it into a virtual run. um, And uh, in light of all of our runners having trained for the 200 miles, um, and also for those who who have asked us how they can help, um, we have turned our run across Haiti this year into a run across May. Uh, It's a 200 mile run across the whole month. Um, And it's really about the community coming together and doing 200 together. Um, So we're opening it up to those who might not be runners um, and want to do 200 of something else. Um, So there's a lot of uh, folks who are biking 200 miles, uh, folks who are doing 200 minutes of activities each week, 200 lunges, um, baking 200 cookies, uh, doing 200 minutes of uh, practicing the guitar and turning it into a real song at the end of this. Um, folks are getting really creative, and it's really cool to see that. Um, we have uh, just about 200 participants as well doing this all together, um, and many of them are also helping us to raise $200 uh, to support the efforts.
0: Amazing. So, yeah, have you noticed uh, that the fundraising efforts are still, like, you're still able to do stuff in this virtual world? Is that... Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. We have initially set a fundraising goal for two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for the Run Across Haiti, um, and we're about sixty percent of the way there. So um, this uh, this campaign is, you know, we wanted to uh, still be able to raise the amounts that we need in order to respond to COVID nineteen during this time. Um, And you know, I'm sure anyone who's in a similar role has had has found it difficult and conflicting to 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 ask people for things and ask people to, to connect and do things right now. Um, And, you know, we certainly felt that same way in the beginning when we had to cancel the run and turn it and and see if we could turn it into something else. Um, But our community was the one who really reached out and said, you know, even though we can't be in Haiti, you know, we love to help. How can we help? What can we do? Um, And, you know, when we started mapping out this idea, um, everyone just felt it was a great way to to get together and band together and still do something for Haiti um so uh we are we're, we're shooting for the goal still um and as a as a team as a community um of more than what we started with for the run across Haiti you know I I, I feel like we can get there together
0: yeah but like how can people get involved at this point in time if they want yeah. to? yeah
2: Yep, so they can join our run club on Strava. Uh, it's uh, The run club's called Run Across Haiti, so it's www.strava.com backslash uh, clubs, backslash Run Across Haiti. Um, and you can, uh, on that site, uh, register for our Run Across May. Uh, and um, you commit to whatever you want to do, um, really, if, if you feel like you can still run 200 miles, great. A um, couple of our Run Across Haiti runners actually, mimicked um the entire route we would have run in haiti and did their 208 days um or if you want to bike 200 miles if you want to just do 200 minutes of activities and over the next two weeks um whatever makes sense to you uh you know to to join us um it's it's really about the community about being together and doing this together
0: and if um someone couldn't do anything they could still donate i'm guessing Um, yes okay
2: Yes, so you can still make a donation on our website at www.dowork.org backslash donate
0: Okay. We'll definitely put those links up in Thank the uh, yeah, in the show's notes. How did you guys get involved with um, CLE?
2: So, uh, a couple of our runners here in LA and, and really the community of runners here in LA connected us with with those guys and okay. um, the company was um, it was a couple of years ago so they had also just started and um, you know, we felt like our values aligned and that there's a lot of folks on both ends that, um, would really appeal to each other's work. And so, um, they've been just amazing supporters of ours and, and I hope we have been to them as well.
0: Yeah. I know there's a quite a large Haitian community up in Montreal where they're, where they're yeah. I didn't know if there was a, a connection there. Um,
2: yeah, there's definitely a couple of folks, um, who have reached out to us because of, of, uh, their showing of support of our work. So. It's really cool to see that. And, you know, this, like the the 200 Together Run Across me campaign has really shown us what um, what a global community, you know, all of this, all of us is a part of right now in, in light of COVID as well. And uh, the need um, and the want to support each other knows no bounds. Um, and I love that about it. And I love that about running in this running community. It's just really cool to see the, the range of people who are involved. Um, you've got a six-year-old um, who's doing, like, 200 seconds of uh, wall sits a day with with his mom. It's really cool to see how everybody has tapped into this and, and joined us. And, um, you know, this is a community that we love to continue to see grow. And uh, whether they end up in Haiti with us or not, um, you know, we we know that their hearts in in the same place as ours. Pretty amazing. <laughs> That's cool.
0: Are you guys uh, sharing this information with everyone? Like, I don't know how like yeah. like how's the community look how are you tying everyone together there
2: yeah so there's uh there's internal communications going out to the whole community regularly through our run club uh on strava and through our emails as well um but we're also sharing a lot of this via our social media okay. and you can find us at uh do work uh org uh on instagram and on facebook as well amazing we actually a lot of our runners have um and participants have um have shared their own stories and, and hand-wrote them for us, um, which is really cool to see. And um, uh, one of the ones that i love to highlight, we have a second here. One of our current runners, when the run across Haiti was canceled, she was telling her family about it and letting them know that she's going to do this 200 miles on her own, um, instead. And, uh, her grandmother who's 81 years old and her aunt, um, uh, decided that they would relay 200 miles together. Grandma Carolyn ran se- 77.8 miles and aunt Colleen finished with 126 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, I think, I'm pretty sure they finished on like May 13th or something, like something ridiculous. Um, But they shared a quote with us uh, for our community, uh, says the two of us have been running together for almost 40 years. Allie has now carried our family's tradition into the next generation and has found remarkable ways to motivate and inspire us. When the run across Haiti was canceled and Allie... Uh, issued her 200 together challenge to friends and family. We thought it would be a great way to support her and her commitment to work. We've all had to re- sort of redefine what being together means in these unpre- unprecedented times for us uh, sharing common interests and goals is a way to keep the bond strong. It's amazing. That's it was very cool. Yeah. yeah so cool. <laughs> Isn't that the cutest? It is really. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you should be very proud. It looks like an amazing initiative. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can talk to you later when everyone can get together and actually run across Haiti. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I know. I hope, I hope you can come down to Haiti with yeah,
0: us. Yeah, I'd love to. But you're yeah. making big impacts on people's lives and that I hope should, so. be, yeah, it should be celebrated, I think. Yeah. I mean, we need positive things to think about right now.
2: We do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sure. really do. It's yeah. easy to just get uh, stuck with you know, all, the, all the news that's going on out there. Yeah. A very singular topic
0: right now i guess that's probably a good place to, to pop off I gotta yeah. get to another meeting but yeah thanks thanks so much for chatting that was an awesome story and definitely gonna stay in touch with you guys over instagram here and
2: yeah
0: all right well thanks awesome. so much vivian. thank you thanks for hey, your time it's good no to promise. meet you you too Bye-bye. bye thank you vivian it is amazing when we when we hear about uh The running community coming together to support those in need. Everyone, if you can follow dowork.org or check them out on their social media pages, then that would be awesome. There's only a few days left in May to support them this year, but they do um, support the Haitian community year round with other initiatives. And when the run across Haiti comes back in the future, hopefully we can all be there to support them with that as well. I also got the chance to talk to Dylan Wykes. He's one of my favorite people to talk to. Don't tell him. Uh, he's just very laid back. He's a, he's a dad. He is one of the founders and owners of Malta Marathon. He was based out of Vancouver before, so I got to hang out with him and, and run with him. I'll not run with him, but watch him run in the past. Uh, he's now in Ottawa with his family. He went to the Olympics in in 2012, London, and got to tell some some interesting stories from there. But all around, he's just like a chill guy. He works for the Ottawa Marathon now with the Elite Program, and uh, just has a good good take on the running industry and the running world in general. So hopefully, enjoy the chat with him here. Take it away. Just wasting my time.
3: Imagine what you could have done with those eight minutes of your life.
0: I just sat here playing on Instagram.
3: What's happening on Instagram today?
0: Oh, everybody's getting shoes. You getting get, you get your
3: pros? Oh, baby! He's back. Woo!
0: Everyone's getting their pros. Look out, Strava, look out. Um, yeah, what do you want to talk about? You got 17 minutes here. I don't have anything to talk about. What do you want to talk about? I don't know, I'm gonna do something funny. Like uh, well, my original one was like getting a story out of the Olympic experience. I Your met the queen. Yeah, you met the queen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it might maybe we'll start there. It's a good story. So you went to the Olympics and it's, you ran a marathon somewhere in there, but you met the queen.
3: Yeah, I met the queen. It was kind of a funny story because uh, I I went to the opening ceremonies and and the way Athletics Canada has things set up is like you only come into the village to get like your accreditation and things sorted out and then you have to leave go to like your training camp so you can focus and then come back to compete in your event Um, but I was uh, I asked to come to the opening ceremonies because I wanted like that experience knowing that my uh, event was on the last day I wasn't going to get like a huge uh, Olympic experience Mm -hmm. out, out of things so uh the the evening of the opening ceremonies uh someone from the canadian delegation said dylan can you go to this event tomorrow at 11 it was like super they're super vague about it but they asked me because i wasn't competing anytime in in the near future and i was like yeah sure whatever i'll go and get my run in and then I'll, i'll i'll show up to this and they told me what I had to wear and stuff, but besides that, they didn't give me much information. And I, I, I roll.
0: What did you have to wear? Seriously.
3: Oh, it was like this. Like, they like this team. Ca- the oh. gear wasn't great. It was like this team Canada, like kind of rugby shirt. with oh, okay. like a, I had to wear some khakis. And- That's
0: figuring like some kind of jester outfit or something. But go on, yeah.
3: <laughs> it was just standard issue Team Canada gear. Anyway, I roll up to where I'm supposed to meet these people. And I was like, maybe two minutes late. And the look on the this lady's face from this she is just like, Dylan, we have to go now. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was just like some sort of luncheon thing. And uh, so she, anyway, she treks me through the village and we get to this building and super high security and they didn't tell me anything about this and did the like, building
0: look like a castle <laughs> it you... was
3: not a okay. castle that would have been amazing it was we we're still in the olympic village okay. uh, it was a two minute two minute walk and i walked really slowly i'm a terrible walker i can run but i can't walk she was getting impatient with me this lady but as it turns out this is a, a tea tea with the queen and all these commonwealth countries so they uh, yeah they're like you gotta do this, and they're so all so serious about it. And like, you know, you can't uh, don't speak until you're spoken to. Don't yep. do this. And uh, turns out, like, the queen was taking her sweet ass time. We were we stood there for about forty minutes, and she's uh, a slower, slower walker than you. Slower. I don't know what I don't know what she was up to that day, um, and yeah, she she rolled in. Turns out she didn't have time to have tea with us, so instead she just went around to these different commonwealth countries the, the person that was there to represent them and shook their hand. And I don't know what you she touched said. her. Yeah. It was yeah. like, don't, don't put out your hand until she puts out hers, you know, don't speak until she speaks to you. Uh, but I was like, uh, people were nervous. I was relaxed. I was like, this yeah. is, this is cool. And she, uh, yeah, she's like, Hey, what, a, what, a, what event are you? in? And I was like, Oh, I'm in the marathon, you know, last day you can watch from your window you should come out you should come out and watch because it would go right by buckingham palace i might just watch on the telly oh that was it throw up like a wave to when you went by just in case Ah, couldn't be bothered i was a bit offended that she wouldn't take the time to to come out on her balcony and watch me go by
0: yeah what like stand up and look out the window lady yeah yeah I know. Oh, it's that's cool. Though. Okay, that's that's good. So she was spending some time in the athlete village, um, hanging out.
3: Didn't drink our tea, but she no. she came and hung
0: out. Um, that's pretty cool. What? Uh, so you went? You you took in the opening ceremonies? So it was it was,
3: uh, it was it was amazing. It was uh, my one of my childhood heroes, Simon Whitfield was the flag bearer. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. He's from Kingston. I'm from Kingston, and uh, so so that was cool. And it was just such a, a it was just a, a good experience. We were coming through the tunnel. It took us forever to get there. You yeah. walk from the village to the stadium, and it's probably like one mile, and it it was like a three hour walk actually Simon Whitfield had a chair he had like a chair that he would whip out and sit down on every once in a while because it's just like this really long procession you can't go anywhere it's like really high security um so so, but yeah it's just kind of walking along shooting the shit and eventually you get to the stadium going through the tunnel and Mark Tewksbury was the chef de maison he starts belting out all Canada and everyone gets into it and you feel this like rush of emotion and huge huge moment for me because knowing that the uh the marathon wouldn't finish in olympic stadium it, it finished uh on the main mall like down, downtown near buckingham palace which is pretty cool but it's not the olympic stadium yeah. it's not like you run into the olympic stadium and do your thing so that was that was my kind of moment i imagined everyone was cheering for us yeah. as we came in even though they're like ah, there's canada they're yeah. okay actually you know- what was funny about that was that uh they, they said, you know, they gave us these, uh, like, standard-issue cell phones uh, to, to use during during the Olympics. Um, like burner are, phones? Yeah, they were the samsung sponsors, They're kind of like burners because you had to give them back at the end. <laughs> and, they data, and they're like, do not look at your phone for the first, like, three minutes that you're in the stadium. And there is a picture in the paper uh, of – of the Canadian
0: delegation, and my, I've got my head down looking at my oh, phone. Oh, no. Uh oh. Did you have someone videotaping it at home or like taping it? And then did you, could you point yourself out in the crowd or anything?
3: Yeah, I, I don't uh, remember being able to pick myself out okay. besides that, besides that uh, shot in the paper of me with my <laughs> head down looking at my That's phone. That's your legacy. Damn. Um, I don't even know what the text message was that I got. It must have been, must have been a great text message. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, do you remember the, um, any of the people who you walked in with? Like- yeah,
3: I was hanging out with, uh, with some of the other track athletes that were there. Um, Melissa Bishop and Jessica Smith, who were both in the, the women's 800. Mm-hmm. I was hanging out with them. The tennis guys were uh, kind of roaming around. Uh, Milos Ronic and uh, Daniel Nestor was on the team oh. still back the then draw. yeah 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 and I, i'm like i'm a huge tennis fan so so i was trying to like chat with them and just
0: fanboying over daniel I uh, love it totally <laughs> good stuff who else was big at that olympic that was i must have, who was our sprinters back then that was kind of a lull time well that was when we had the um
3: we actually had the four by one debacle which kind of ruined my like post-race celebrations because they uh, those guys they they stepped on the line jared yep. no, jared Knoten stepped on the line and like the mood in, in amongst the team afterwards was just like uh, everyone was just defeated i was like guys i had a good race i was like where's the party and it was just yeah. like me so we didn't have degrasse we we had a good four by one team that yep. that had spoiled it for us all um Dylan Armstrong was big then. He was, in, he was in my room. Actually, funny story about the rooming situation is okay. that I came back into the village like three days before my race and I had a room to myself, which was sweet. Like usually they room you with people, but they're like, a few people had headed out of the village. So they're like, yeah, Dylan can have his own room. And you're in an apartment where it's like usually two people to a room, yeah. eight rooms. And then at about... I think it was two days before my race. Uh, I come back from dinner and there's like a dude's bags on the other bed. And there's like another name on the door. I'm like, ah, what's this? And then I was like later in the evening, I'm going to bed and there's no one there still. I'm like, man, maybe it's just a mistake. And then at like 2 a.m., this guy rolls in. Richard... Richard, want, want, I'm going to get his name wrong, Weinberger, I believe it is. Yeah. He, and he, out of the blue, won the bronze medal in the long-distance swim, in the 10K swim. And so he wasn't planning on staying in the village, um, but he, he won a bronze medal. So, like, well, you can't just go home.
1: Yeah. So were, you know,
3: and he was, like, a 20-year-old kid and, like, just off his mind. He was so pumped. He was out partying. And I'm like, dude, I, I got a race coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually after one night of of him like just staying up all night he he volunteered to find another place to stay which is very nice
0: so good but yeah well deserved i guess the other ones would have been like the canadian women's soccer team would have been pretty big back then it wasn't yes Justine sinclair and um yeah they i think she was the closing ceremony flag bearer not mistaken but anyway it sounds right
3: that yeah. sounds right yeah i don't i don't uh i didn't get to rub rub shoulders with with those yeah. ladies very much unfortunately yeah. but
0: oh, whatever who was the was there any other marathoners
3: yes yes of
0: course we um, Set and never heard and of them.
3: eric gillis ever heard of those guys
0: no do they run still just yeah, i'm joking i know <laughs>
3: once in a while once yeah. in a
0: while that's cool at least you got to go with your buddies
3: yeah, they they were uh, they were there living the same experience as me.
0: Did so they come was, in for the opening ceremonies as well, or did they take it more? They safe? did not.
3: They they did not. They were. Uh, I was training in Switzerland in Samaritz at high altitude, so I was already in Europe, and it was kind of easy for me. I think they stayed home in Guelph. They were they didn't opening ceremonies with me, but I was yeah. I was glad I had that experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, you played it played it right. I think so. <laughs> um, what like out of all the elite athletes that you know who's got the weirdest um pre-race routine oh that's a tough question um
3: i would say rob watson you know rob watson heard of him mr like he's usually super chill super laid back and he gets like he gets nervous before a race and he's got a like do certain things like what at certain times i don't have anything specific to dial into he just gets like all all nervous and stuff and it's like you
0: see this different side of, of people when they're like before a race and then it's everyone's like, probably like are you okay and then the more everyone asks him if he's okay he's like am i okay <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor guy he maybe he's getting into that meditation stuff now though. ah so.
3: uh, you know what he's probably is. He's done his mindfulness training yeah. now, so he's probably he's all, he's all Zen out there now yeah doesn't get, doesn't get
0: scattered. I was hoping for a good one. Um, just on. I did something super weird like had to flick light switches on and off or um, I know like from being in front of like the race crowds there's there's definitely like different energy levels from some of you guys like you're always really chatty, but other people are just like all business you know like they go way off get alone like go two streets over and kind of do their warm-ups on their own um i can't remember who it was last year in edmonton i think it was cam i was like just sort of observing everyone warming up and he was just sort of sitting on a sidewalk like <laughs> like that's not the luck of someone who's about to win this race and i remember just noting that to myself i'm like huh and i took all my money off of him right then no, but <laughs> <laughs> changed the form yeah no yeah, but you know like it was just you know he's very focused it's Dude. a huge yeah it's a huge mix of what, of what you
3: get out of people It's like yeah, yeah some people are some yeah. people are super chatty and trying to get in people's
0: heads, other mm-hmm. people are just like what's uh, what do you make of all this Strava stuff I am uh, what, in particular are we talking
3: about people going for Strava segments or are we well, talking about people bullshit. charging money for Strava
0: both right now is like Everyone was getting all bonkers about Strava segments. So I didn't know if like how the elites are approached. But then the other side of it, now that they have everyone super amped up and motivated by these segments, they've sort of taken it all away from us at the same time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like causing some, some negativity in the, the running world. But maybe it's not as big a deal as we think. So talk me through it.
3: Well, I think some of the elites were just really bored. Like no one knows, don't no know what to do with themselves. Actually, within Miles Marathon, we had a there's a Slack channel just for just for segment hunters. You know, somewhere to channel their competitive energies, and uh, and that's where it went. And people were getting all excited about. it.
0: But I assume most of you have the premium accounts already. I do not. Okay, um, and then- I will not. Okay. So as a coach, though, is it really a big deal? Like, do you need it? Can we survive in a world without premium Strava? I think we can survive. In, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I think we can survive. I mean, there's two sides to the argument, right? It's like some people are, are like, oh, it's only, I don't know, what does it cost? Five, seven, ten yeah, dollars?
0: I like think seven bucks a month. You guys are hinting on online right now about a, a soon to be Coming back to you, mile the marathon. I don't know what this is all about, but is super a plan. Vague. It's it's very vague.
3: It's, it's, it's so vague. Yeah, that but was it's s- hopeful. That you you nailed our marketing right right there, Ryan.
0: <laughs> vague but hopeful. <laughs> we
3: needed. We need to give the people some hope. We we yeah. feel like people need some hope right now, but. uh we we can't we can't give people a straight answer at this moment either it's yeah. really tough because it's uh it's hard it, i think the it has to be a bigger decision than just okay are, are people going to get sick or are 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 we putting them at risk of getting sick if they gather in a group organized by us i think it's a bigger issue than yep. than just answering that question um, so, you know, we're trying to dial into what obviously the provincial governments are saying and then even provincial sport organizations, like we have to be yeah. in tune with what BC Athletics is, is saying. So that it's, it's complicated and people, yeah. people want to get back out there. I know there's groups like informally meeting and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but you can't just be like, hey, show up yeah. and we'll wing it. We yeah, can't wing it. Yeah people just got to be patient.
0: Be yeah. patient with us, patient. You know? And in the meantime just watch this super vague video that gives us hope.
3: Oh man, I got so <laughs> jazzed up when I saw that video. I was like, ah, this is this is great. I miss this is this what stuff. I needed
0: right now. <laughs> it was it was what I needed. I was
3: in a I was in a low spot. I was like, oh, this is all too much for me. And then and then we had those videos edited. Actually, Jody Bailey took that video um like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I mean, Jody's Jody's a, a good friend of mine. He's been great for us. But the, after he did it, he's like, I, I hate video. I don't. I, I'm not going to edit this. And then it just kind of just sat there for a year and a half until I convinced my friend um, Stephen Kirsch to to take a stab at editing it.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, we could find another time to talk. I like to hear another story about the queen or something sort of, running yeah, let's creative, but not specifically depressing. You call me. Okay. And. I'll get my people to call your people. And either way, we'll see you on global running day out there.
3: Oh, I can't wait. Okay, buddy. June for the time. Okay. Ciao. Okay.
0: Bye. Okay. That's it. Wrapping it up. Thanks, Dylan. Always um, oh, a, just a great guy to chat with. If you don't know him, just go up and and talk to him. Next time you see him, bring up Daniel Nestor, um, talk about shoes, whatever, just bug him. Tell him that Ryan sent you. I think that's it. I'm gonna wrap this one up pretty quickly because I think it's gone on long enough. Uh, Some good chats today. Look forward to bringing you some more good content in the future. If anyone has any interesting stories from the world of running and you want to chat with us, then just get in touch with Canada Running Series. Uh, You can do so through our Instagram pages or through our website contact forms. We'd love to hear from you and tell your story. Take care out there. Hopefully everyone has some happy and safe miles. And uh, see you on Global Running Day, June 3rd. Get out there and move. For more information, check out our social media channels. In the meantime, bye.